Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is CNN Breaking News. Hello, I'm Joe Johns, live in New York. This is the State of America tonight. We begin with breaking news on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average has dipped close to 2%. This comes right after President Donald Trump's tariff announcement. Trump announcing that his administration will impose stiff new tariffs on steel and aluminum imports starting next week. The news is raising fears of retaliation from China or other major U.S. trading partners. Let's go now to Richard Quest, live in New York. And Richard, the thinking, obviously, is that this drop in the markets is linked to the president's announcement on tariffs. Do you see this as a knee-jerk reaction or perhaps a, a symbol of a larger problem down the road? It's both. It is the way in which these tariffs were announced this morning Joe, look at that chart. Now, the market was a little bit unsettled. It had been up, it had been down. There was no real direction. And then if you look at that chart very clearly, you see just round about 1230, uh, quarter to one, the tariffs are announced. But they're not announced in a press statement with details and countries involved and the level of tariffs and the, um, the, the degree of specificity that you are required with tariffs. Uh, no, not at all. It's an off-the-cuff comment that the president makes sitting with the chief executives of various steel companies on a day, Joe, on a day when we had been told that they would not announce any tariffs. So that is the real problem here. It points to chaos and confusion, which has been part of the story at the White House uh, just about all week or certainly over the last about 72 hours or so. And now apparently it has spilled out uh, into the markets. Is that the way you see it, Richard? Yes, because we are now concerned about which countries, which companies, which types of steel. What are the quid pro quo, the tit for tat what are the protectionist implications? For instance, this is supposed to be against China and Chinese steel, but China doesn't export that much steel to the United States. That's not the big problem. One of the countries that's more of a problem would be within the European Union or would be India, for example, or Mexico and NAFTA. And we already know that NAFTA is well and truly in trouble up to its neck. Put this together, Joe. This is, this is a textbook case of how you do not announce trade policy. And the reason is the uncertainty that's created and the level of concern that flows as a result. And that is very true. Uncertainty, at least for a while, even though the administration says that they will uh, roll out more fully this policy next week. Thank you so much for that, Richard Quest in New York. In just a few moments, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders is expected to take to the podium in the briefing room. We will monitor that and bring you the latest updates. Now, 
On to other news. Even for a White House that's become defined by chaos this week may have broken new ground. There's been a shakeup in the West Wing, a renewed feud between the president and the attorney general, and confusion for Republicans when Trump bucked his own party on gun control. And that's only in the last 24 hours. First up, Hope Hicks. The White House communications director is heading for the exits after being by Trump's side for the last three years. In a statement, the president praised Hicks as outstanding, smart and thoughtful, while one of her colleagues said this. It's going to be very difficult to replace Hope Hicks in the Hope role. Hope is, is one of those unbroken threads between the early days of the primary campaign, all through the campaign, on the plane, practically every day, including on weekends uh, with candidate Trump, during transition with him and with us, and certainly here since day one of the administration. Mm -hmm. Hope Hicks had a role that gave her a front row seat to the Trumps and the turmoil in this administration. Here is Maggie Haberman, the New York Times reporter who broke the story. She knows all kinds of things about certain media. She has attracted attention from congressional investigators and the special counsel, Robert Mueller. She is constantly having to manage his moods. She is constantly having to protect other staffers from his moods. And then her personal life became a spectacle. When you add all of that up and you think about that fact set, why would somebody want to stay in that job? The news came just a day after Hicks told the House Intelligence Committee that she has told white lies on behalf of the president, raising speculation about the timing. Once again... Maggie Haberman. I don't think that that was an easy day for her based on everything that I have heard, um, but that does not mean that that was the reason that it happened yesterday. Only she can know if there was some final straw, but the final straw was not that hearing. Hicks joins a growing list of former Trump communication chiefs. CNN analysis shows they've lasted an average of 100 days on the job compared to nearly 600 days in a typical administration. But as we all know, this White House is anything but typical. CNN analyst David Gergen, who advised four presidents, says the loss of Hicks could be very personal for the man who currently occupies the Oval Office. As a communications director, is this a big loss? No, because it's, it's you know, we've had a, a merry-go-round of uh, communications directors. Everyone has failed. I once asked the historian, um, uh, what's the most important thing a president needs? And he said, a friend. Uh, yeah. And Hope Hicks was partly that. She was partly that friend. And I think he's going to miss that. And it may leave him less anchored. Now, Hope Hicks is leaving a White House increasingly plagued by infighting. Anthony Scaramucci who had a 10-day headline-making tenure of his own as White House Communications Director, says he knows why. There's a fear, culture of fear, culture of intimidation, people afraid to talk to each other. Coming Everyone's from trying. the president? They're afraid of the president? No, I think it's the chief of staff. Now there he's talking, of course, about John Kelly, who fired Scaramucci after a profanity-laced tirade about then-chief strategist Steve Bannon, who also jumped ship in the past year. And Scaramucci predicts, there will be more. If the current situation and the current culture inside the administration stays exactly the way it is, right. there's literally no change, there will be a lot more departures. Yeah, the morale is at an all-time low, and it's trending lower. Now, for his part, Chief of Staff Kelly said this today about his tenure. Six months, uh, the last thing I wanted to do was walk away from one of the great uh, honors of my life, being the Secretary of Homeland Security. Uh, but I did something wrong, and God punished me, I guess. <laughs>
God punished me. Note to Kelly, you might not be the only one who feels that way. Enter Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who's vowing to do his job with his words, integrity and honor, following another Twitter jab from his boss. The president ripped Sessions' actions on a FISA probe as disgraceful after previously slamming him as an idiot and weak, among other things. And that prompted a very public pushback from the attorney general who dined out with Justice Department officials, including Rod Rosenstein, just blocks from the White House. Republican Senator Richard Shelby of Alabama defended his former colleague and said he wouldn't stay in the job. I wouldn't be anybody's whipping boy. I wouldn't be uh, belittled uh, because the president's saying you don't have any confidence in me. Uh, so that is Jeff's challenge right now and what he wants to do and how he does it. And he's a good man. He's going through a lot. He's got a lot of challenges. So a whole lot to digest. And again, that's just in the last 24 hours, folks, here to help us sort through it all. Good luck. CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins. Caitlin. Yeah, Joe, a lot going on here at the White House. One of the biggest stories the last 24 hours is that Hope Hicks is leaving. Someone who was not only a top aide to the president, but certainly one of his closest confidants and someone who spent the last three years by his side every day, day in and day out. And someone who was hugely helpful to him here in the West Wing, not just as a communications director, which was her official title in the last few months, but in and out of every other thing, drafting statements, answering questions. She often did not leave the West Wing because the president could was known to summon her on a minute's notice to come to the Oval Office to discuss whatever was on his mind. So this loss is hugely significant for the president because of what it's going to do to his day-to-day -day life. And as you just showed, that was someone saying that the president needs a friend at a time. That's certainly what Hope Hicks did. She acted as liaison between the president and reporters, but the president was always her number one priority, and it was her job to essentially communicate that to reporters. And now that she's leaving, the president's inner, inner circle here in the White House is dwindling by the day because we've already reported that Keith Schiller, the president's bodyguard for the last several years, left the White House earlier this year. Now Hope Hicks is leaving. It's still questionable if Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, his two children, will remain here for much longer. So there are very few aides that have been with the president since before he entered the White House. And that is certainly a big thing. A lot going on with Jared Kushner as well. It's a New York Times is reporting about his family's real estate company benefiting, getting these loans from business officials that he happened to meet with in his official capacity as a senior advisor to the White House earlier in the year. So a lot going on in this West Wing over the last 24 hours here, Joe. That's so true. Very difficult for news organizations to resist the double meaning of the headline, Hope is leaving the White House. Thanks so much for that, Caitlin Collins. And now to that extraordinary bipartisan meeting on guns at the White House. President Trump returned to his reality show roots, allowing the cameras in for a freewheeling discussion on everything from age limits to the NRA to, surprisingly, due process to protect the rights of criminal defendants. But don't take our word for it. Listen to the president. 
Now, this is not a popular thing to say in terms of the NRA, but I'm saying it anyway. I'm going to just have to say it. You can't buy a handgun at 18, 19, or 20. You have to wait till you're 21. But you can buy the, the gun, the weapon used in this horrible shooting at 18. It doesn't make sense that I have to wait till I'm 21 to get a handgun, but I can get this weapon at 18. I don't know. So I was just curious as to what you did in your bill. We, you know, we, didn't, we didn't address it, Mr. President. Look, I think you know why? Because you're afraid of the NRA, right? <laughs> Allow due process. No one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but all, any any weapons in the possession well, of the individual. Well, Mike, take the firearms first and then go to court. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. Talked about the bump stock issue that Senator Feinstein, I know, cares passionately about. And I'm going to write that out. Let's because we started. can do that with an executive order. I'm going to write the bump stock, essentially write it out. So you won't have to worry about bump stock. Shortly, that'll be gone. The exchange left Republicans baffled and Democrats optimistic. As we like to say here at State of America, stay tuned. Still ahead tonight, chaos in the West Ring, a top aide and trusted Trump confidant leaving her post and a top appointee fighting back after an insulting Trump tweet. What does this mean for the future of White House stability? The panel's here next. So it has been a week of turmoil at the White House. The past 24 hours alone have seen the sudden resignation of one of President Trump's most trusted aides and a very public spat between Mr. Trump and his attorney general. Let's bring in tonight's panel, all of them CNN political commentators. Joe Trippi is also a consultant for Senate Democrat Doug Jones. David Swerdlick is assistant editor at The Washington Post. John Thomas, a Republican consultant and Donald Trump supporter and Matt Lewis is a senior columnist at The Daily Beast. And John Thomas, I'd just like to start with you. Uh, when you look at what has happened over the last 24 hours, the president went after his attorney general once again. He also really came out on the side of Democrats in many ways in this meeting at the White House. Is the president under pressure and going rogue or is there something else happening here? Well, it's pretty consistent, I think, with his feelings about the attorney general. I think he's been frustrated with him since the moment that he recused himself from the Russia investigation. And now the fact that uh, the president feels that the FISA abuses were serious and require somebody with uh, investigative power and teeth to look into that and that he passed it off to an IG who's pretty weak. I think that's consistent where the president's been on the issue of guns. This is one of those third rail issues you don't touch. I think the president overstepped here. And I just saw from friends in the industry and social media, they are lighting the president up over those Second Amendment comments. I suspect that he'll walk those back very quickly. Now, Joe Trippi, I'd just like to move on quickly here to Hope Hicks. As she's departing, of course, the president has berated her for admitting white lies. But the question remains, as she walks out the door, does she know too much and does she need to get out of the White House to protect herself? Well, I mean, I think uh, getting out of the White House may have been a, a smart move for her, but I don't think it's uh, going to be enough for her to protect herself. I mean, the, the legal bills are probably already, uh, you know, lining up and they're going to get bigger, I, I think, because of where she was, what she knows. And even if um, if uh, there isn't uh, 
further problems for the president that she creates, she's still going to have to deal with those legal problems herself. I do think it does speak to the growing isolation of the president, <clears throat> where there's really almost no one left uh, that's known him uh, for or a few years before he became president. I think I, Kellyanne Conway is one of the, the few remaining originals left. Everybody else is is gone or in deep trouble. So we'll, we'll see yeah. uh, where this goes. But I don't think it's good news for the president that Hope Hicks left. Uh, Davis Wardlick, uh, another aide POTUS has berated is Attorney General Jeff Sessions. This is what you have to call an extraordinary public spat between these two men. And he uh, berated uh, Sessions in a tweet. But before we talk about that, let's just pop into the briefing at the White House with Sarah Sanders. It has just started. What countries will be involved, whether there are any exemptions. Uh, the Dow's down about 500 points as a result of this. Uh, some of our allies, including Canada, are saying that these actions are unacceptable. Why did the president announce them now, uh, particularly before the, the, the details have even been worked out? Uh, the president's announcing his intent to uh, sign those actions next week. Um, we're not going to get into any more details until those those details are finalized, but that is what he intends to do next week, and he was making that announcement. Is he concerned about the results or the effects that his announcement has had so far? Uh, the president's concerned about the men and women of this country who have been forgotten about, the industries that our country was founded and built on, and uh, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. This is something, frankly, the president's been talking about for decades, uh, certainly something he talked about regularly on the campaign trail and something that he's delivering on, uh, making that clear today. And those uh, details and that actual announcement and signing will take place sometime next week. Sarah, Margaret. Sarah uh, was the president often talks about stock market reaction to his presidency. Is he surprised to see the market down after making this announcement without explanation on tariffs? Um, and uh, do you have any detail on why he decided to announce it today, as John was asking you, it seemed kind of sudden when we were called in for that event. It wasn't something on our uh, necessarily public schedule. This is something, again, that the president has been talking about uh, for a long time. It's not a surprise, um, and we're going to continue doing what we can to protect American workers. That was something that the president committed to during the campaign. This is something that he feels is vitally important. Uh, yeah, that part is new, um, and he's announcing his intent uh, to make those uh, things happen next week, and we'll have more details on that. Did he make that decision today? Uh, again, this is something the president's wanted to do for some, quite some time. Well, I'm surprised to, you know, the press gathered there. Well, I, I, I don't think that uh, the president always tells you guys everything first, but it's certainly something he's well, been talking about for a long time. Some at the White House because there were uh, these competing these, events. Uh, these are conversations that the president has been having for a long time. Uh, he's made his intentions very clear to the team at the White House. Uh, and it, I don't think it came as a surprise to anybody here. Can you say it, 10 and 25 are set, or could that change between now and next week? Uh, I think that's the intent, um, but until those details are finalized, I'm not going to get into any more specifics right now. Hey, Sarah, uh, a couple questions for you first. Um, a, a number of members of the cabinet have uh, fallen under public scrutiny in some, of these, in some cases, the Inspector General, for uh, spending, uh, whether it be first class travel or the case of Ben Carson, a $31,000 uh, dining set. Um, the president talked about in the campaign that he's going to drain the swamp. So it, does he plan on draining some of his cabinet? Uh, 
I don't, in terms of if you're asking if he's getting rid of anyone on the cabinet, uh, I'm not aware that that's taking place uh, at any point right now. To be clear, uh, on Secretary Carson, the order that you referenced was canceled, uh, and they're looking for uh, another option that's much more responsible with taxpayer dollars. You said a number of times that uh, when, when the president loses confidence in a member of the cabinet, uh, he tells us so that means we haven't heard that, so he has confidence in these people. So can you explain why the president has confidence in some of these members of his cabinet, but Carson Shulkin, Pruitt, Zinke, um, who uh, there have number, uh, there numbers, there, there are numerous investigations into some of their conduct and spending. Um, so why, why do they have the president's confidence? Look, uh, starting with the VA, um, with Secretary Shulkin, uh, the president is glad for the job that he's been doing and reforming the VA and modernizing the VA. Uh, a lot of the movements that they've had there, and he um, supports him in those efforts. But they're also, um, we have been reviewing these actions and making sure that we're being very responsible with taxpayer dollars. This is something that the president has asked all of his team to go back and look at. And there's one for one uh, on guns, uh, Senator McConnell up on Capitol Hill uh, a few minutes ago said that uh, next week the Senate would not be moving forward with the fixed base legislation that sent the Cornets to forward. And Cornet said that they're going to be discussing the banking reg uh, regulation, potentially also human trafficking next week, and not gun legislation. Um, after yesterday's session, it seems that Republicans are uh, running away from what the president wanted to serve a quick solution to this, a quick uh, resolution on this front. Uh, why doesn't the president have the, uh, the cloud on Capitol Hill that the president, you know, this is the Republican president, uh, Congress, why can't he seem to get Congress to bend his will? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily about bending to his will. I think it's about an ongoing discussion uh, about the best pieces of legislation that they can put forward. Uh, yesterday was certainly an important part of that. The president has met with a number of stakeholders next week. He'll also be meeting with uh, members of the video game industry to see uh, what they can do on that front as well. This is going to be an ongoing process and something that we don't expect to happen overnight, but something that we're going to continue to be engaged in and continue to look for the best ways possible uh, to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect schools across the country. Yeah. So, Sarah, does the president want to get rid of his attorney general? Not that I know of. And how about Jared Kushner? No. Is Jared Kushner becoming a distraction given all the controversies that he's been at the center of in recent days? Uh, look, Jared's still a valued member of the administration and he's going to continue to focus uh, on the work that he's been doing and we're going to continue pushing forward on that front as well. And are there any concerns about conflict of interest given those meetings that he had with uh, executives or companies that uh, gave his family business millions of dollars. In I would dollars. refer you to the statement that was put out by his attorney, but John. Appearance, even Good concerns about that here at this point. Again, I would have to refer you to the statement put out by his attorney, John. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Back on the, the tariffs announcement, is the president concerned about the impact that uh, this may have on America's allies, like Canada, the UK, the EU? The president's biggest concern is making sure that we're doing everything we can to protect American workers, and that was what. Uh, his announcement on his intentions next week are specifically uh, geared towards. This isn't uh, something that he's shied away from or something that he hasn't spoken about regularly and often uh, or something that he's going to stop talking about at any point soon. Yeah. Blake, I'm sorry. Retaliation I'm sorry, I can hear you. Is the president concerned about any retaliation coming from any of the countries that may be impacted by this announcement? Not that I'm aware of. One, one final thing. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just wanted to ask you about a, a comment and get your reaction to uh, uh, 
Republican Senator Ben Sass put out a statement in regards to these new tariffs. He said that the president is proposing a massive tax increase on American families. Protectionism is weak, not strong. And he concluded by uh, writing, you'd expect a policy this bad from a leftist administration, not a supposedly Republican one. Do you have a comment on that? I, I don't know that the president uh, will or should ever apologize for protecting American workers, and certainly uh, not to Senator Sass. What? Thank you, Sarah. Let me try to drill down on this. You say you won't be getting into details at this point. So if there are details to get into, should we read into it that there will be exemptions for certain countries? Uh, again, I'm not going to get ahead of the final details that will be put out next week. Um, at this point, there's no, no additional information to share as this is all being finalized. Has the president made up in his mind which countries is he might exempt or at least... Sarah Sanders in the briefing uh, room, we're going to keep listening to that. But uh, David Swerdlick on the panel, one of the questions that really didn't get raised about this situation with the tariffs being announced today is uh, something a cynic might question whether the president decided to make this announcement to try to change uh, the news cycle and the direction of it to uh, get off of uh, some of the issues that are in the headlines so far. Do you see some of this as being a distraction, the president's timing on this announcement? Joe, I suppose that's possible, but the real problem with this policy is the policy. Look, it's not an accident that um, free trade, TPP, the like, was one of the few issues that both President Obama and Republican Speaker Paul Ryan agreed on because it's good policy. President Trump campaigned on being a protectionist, and his administration has been working up to today's announcement. So he's been consistent on this point, but you played that, or rather, uh, excuse me, in the uh, in the presser, you heard someone read that uh, critique from Senator Sass, a Republican, saying that it was weak because it is. In, in today's global economy, President Trump is trying to sort of do a tit for tat with China, a country who's our rival, but whose economy and ours are just too inextricably linked to go into this sort of, you know, you slap us, we slap you back thing. And to think that there's not going to be some downstream effects. Today's effect apparently is a little dip in the stock market, but longer term, there are bigger potential problems. Going to leave it there. Thanks so much to you, David Swerdlick. Also, Joe Trippi, John Thomas, Matt Lewis with the Daily Beast. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, this is day 406 of President Trump's administration. That is State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you back here tomorrow.